Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama. Now your host, Timothy George. Well, you have chosen a great day to tune in to the Beeson Podcast, because we're going to be talking and listening about bluegrass gospel with our good friend, the Reverend Dr. Gary Furr. Gary is the pastor of Vestavia Hills Baptist Church, very near the campus of Beeson and Samford here in Birmingham. Uh, he's a fascinating guy. He's got a Ph.D. from Baylor University. Uh, but I also have come to appreciate him as an excellent musician and a person who's shared his music with our community, and we're going to share it with you today on the Beeson Podcast. So, Gary, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Great to be here. Thanks for having me today. Now, we're both going to talk about this, and we're going to listen to some bluegrass together that you and your band, the Shades Mountain Air, have performed. So let's get started right off with listening to an old classic. Tell us about it. Just a little talk with Jesus. Well, this is one that comes out of the old uh, gospel, Southern gospel tradition, and I first met it in the Stamps-Baxter books uh, back when I was uh, minister of music at a little Blue Collar Church in North Carolina, and we used to sing around the piano in the evening service. Everybody would come be the choir, and this was always one of 10 or 12 favorites. Uh, My God is Real was another one. Yeah. And so this song is just a song about prayer. It's a, it's a song about when there's nowhere else to turn, just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Talk with Jesus, let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn and you know a little fire is burning, you will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Sometimes my path seems drear without a ray of cheer. And then a cloud of doubt may hide the light of day. That's Gary Furr and the Shades Mountain Air, Just a Little Talk with Jesus. Now, Gary, how did you get interested in this kind of music? Well, it, it really is in my blood. My, my grandfather on my mother's side was a music director in Baptist churches in North Carolina. My mother sang with him on, on radio in quartets. But my dad and his brothers, he had five brothers, and they all played guitars and mandolins. I had an Uncle Paul who was a fiddler, and I have a memory of playing Orange Blossom Special on his front porch at age 16 with a 12-string guitar, of all things. But uh, I heard uh, that music and my father's love for it. Even though we moved around and he was in suburbia my growing up years, I, I always heard him playing the guitar at night when he came home and it was kind of his way of reconnecting with home. And so you grew up in the western part of North Carolina, the mountainous region? Concord, the Piedmont area of North Carolina, near Charlotte. And, uh, you know, a lot of great pickers come from that area. And yeah. Arthur Smith and uh, Earl Scruggs was from Shelby nearby. Doc Watson? Doc Watson, just tons of people from that area. And so it was kind of second nature in that area. Talk a little bit about bluegrass. Uh, we, we tend to think of this as very ancient music, but it's really relatively recent, isn't it? It is. The form that we call bluegrass really comes from the 1940s when Bill Monroe took the old-time music that uh, the Carter family had sort of brought forth, and uh, they they he translated it by putting the mandolin up front and center and making it uh, an all-acoustic kind of instrument, uh, music that was driven hard and played a certain way. But 
uh, it still had all of this old music in it, music that had come from Scotland and Ireland and England and uh, from the gospel tradition. So We're going to listen to a number now called I'm a Pilgrim and a Stranger. Uh, and it's, uh, tell us about this, this song it really speaks in a way to kind of a sense of being forlorn, not really being at home in the world. And that was the experience. It's the experience of all of us in a way. Um, pilgrimage uh, is a part of the human condition. But in a particular way, I think the people of Appalachia, the people of the mountains who felt uh, in a way disengaged from communities that uh, had, had given them birth. Is that right? Yeah. Doc, Doc Watson said that uh, he, as a kid, played the music more than anything else because of being lonesome. You know, you, you would talk about being lonely and uh, surrounded by the hills, and, and um, people would play music to have community, and they would uh, play music to remember where they came from and remember their faith. And so this song is uh, is about the, the whole image in the Bible of the pilgrim who's traveling through a place where they're a stranger and sort of on the outside. And, you know, so it, it, it talks about that. And the third verse kind of, kind of references... Uh, uh, the woman who reaches out and touches the hem of Jesus' garment and hopes to be made whole. And, and there's that whole thing of, of just being the outsider. So that's kind of what this song's about. quoted that line, Gary, about touching the hem of his garment. There's also a reference to baptism in that song. We just heard, I'm going down to the river of Jordan just to cleanse my weary soul. So this music had a way of bringing together kind of spiritual values, Christian faith, biblical themes with the music of the heart and the soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely did. Well, you know, the, uh, a lot of the people in that world were living pretty hard scrabble lives. You know, where I grew up, uh, everybody who was uh, just working folks worked at the textile mill, tried to get away from it as soon as they could, or they worked out in the fields, you know, chopping cotton, and it was a hard life. And so music 
was a way of singing those longings sometimes, and and uh, and faith was something that that carried you through hard times. And so you know, it's it's a little harder for us to relate to in a prosperous culture, but I I think our loneliness is just as great, if not more. In this world, I wonder if that has something to do with the revival of bluegrass. You know, there was a time when this, I can remember growing up, only sort of country people, way, you know, now bluegrass is a thriving, you know, musical idiom. You know, different things bring it back and forth. In the 70s, uh, the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band revived it. Uh, Mother Maybell Carter, one of the founding heroines of country music, was working as a sitter in a nursing home at the time. And mm-hmm. And these guys brought back all of this music and reintroduced it to the world. And then in the kind of country rock 70s, a lot of young people were interested in it, and it just touched a nerve. And it just goes through these revivals every now and then. And I think part of it is that whatever that is in the American soul that wants to go back and reconnect with its deepest heritage and roots. And the movie, Old Brother, Where Art Thou, kind of introduced it for a while, and it it got interesting to people. And... But it's, it's a whole little world now, and there are lots of people who still love the music. Tell us a little bit about the band, the Shades Mountain Air, that uh, you play with and you lead. Who are these people, and, and how do they come together as a band? Greg and Nancy Womble are husband and wife, and they became members of my church many years ago, 15 years ago. And we found out that we all liked this music. We'd all played it and sung it and uh, had it in our background. So we got together on Sunday afternoons and just started playing, just as something fun to do. And uh, we just kept doing it, and we started playing for people. They liked it. They didn't. They had a chance to tell us to stop doing it. We just didn't. But it was really for me. It was a time of of reconnecting with this joy in my life, and they love doing it. And then Don Windorf is our mandolin player, and he also plays the hammer dulcimer. And uh, he is a psychologist, and had actually done some counseling for me for some folks. So I knew him through that, knew he played, and we literally got up on stage and played together the very first time we all four were together. Uh, we needed a mandolin player to come do something at UAB, and uh, later we added his son, and now we have another uh, fiddle player, uh, Melanie Rogers, who plays with us. So it's a great group, great camaraderie, and uh, there's a there's a family feeling about playing this music because there's an etiquette for playing. There's a there's a taking turns. You don't ever you don't ever play over the top of somebody else, and you kind of know when it's someone else's moment to play, and you kind of come under them and help them. It's, it's very much like the square dance or mm-hmm. this thing. It's not it's not as uh, it's not as individualistic as as pop music tends to be, where it's the diva out there belting out the song. Here it's here it's communal music. It's it's everybody participating together. Now you mentioned a number of the, the musicians, um, one, one of whom is Paul Windorf. He's a mm-hmm. graduate of Beeson Divinity School. He is. Uh, we're very proud of him. And uh, say a little bit about the instruments themselves. What, what are the instruments uh, that you use in bluegrass music? Bluegrass is all acoustic music and that's that's just become what everybody understands. You know, you can't pull off things as easily. You've got to be good at bluegrass because you're picking fast. You don't have an electric amplifier to sort of carry you over from one note to another. But the guitar is uh, really, really the core of it. Uh, and people don't understand this, but the bass is really, really important in bluegrass music because it, it kind of undergirds everything. You have the bass and the guitar that do a lot of the rhythm work, the banjo, uh, which is an African instrument that came over with the slaves. And, uh, 
came over to uh, the working white folks. And, uh, you know, all those people back then were very poor. And so they wound up uh, sharing informally what was not always allowed in the culture of that time. You also have the fiddle, which is at the at the heart of uh, all the Scotch-Irish music that came to the mountains. What's the difference between a fiddle and a violin? The way you play it, the kind of song you play. It's, it's really it's a violin. It's a violin. It? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's just different technique uh-huh. songs. You, in addition to um, leading uh, to singing and, and leading, bringing together this band, you also are something of a composer, arranger. I don't know how you would describe that musical talent you have. But we're going to listen to a song that, that you've had some input into, an old classic called Never Alone. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's an interesting song. It, it, it was in the old Baptist hymnal years ago. Uh, always loved the lyrics. The, the, uh, the tune that it was set to was a little bit like a fight song, it always seemed to me. But, but I, I love the, the message. It was written, and not, you know, nobody knows who wrote this song. Uh, but the but the the message of the song is basically Jesus will never leave us alone no matter what we go through, uh, and it's about temptation and struggles in the world, and that one day we'll see Him in glory and everything will be great. And the tune that I rearranged this to, uh, I literally had in a flash one day. I was driving down the road thinking about how much I like those words. Wish I could find another tune, and this thought just popped in my head. I wonder if it would fit to the tune of California Earthquake by Rodney Crowell. I went home and tried it, and I think it works. People really like it. After we listen, I'll tell you a wonderful story about this song. Just in case somebody doesn't know who Rodney Crowell is, give us a one-sentence bio. Former former husband of Roseanne Cash and a big-time songwriter in Nashville. Great song. Collaborator with Emmylou Harris oh, yeah. and so yeah, forth. So. The world's fierce winds are blowing Temptations are sharp and keen I feel a peace in knowing My Savior stands between He stands to shield me from danger When earthly friends are gone He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. I've seen the lightning flashing and I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin's breakers dashing, trying to conquer. Telling me still to fight on He promised never to leave me Never to leave me alone When in affliction's valley I'm treading the road of care My Savior helps me to carry my cross when heavy to bear. My feet entangled with briars, ready to cast me down. My Savior whispered his promise, never to leave me alone. 
seen the lightning flashing and I've heard the thunder Since breakers dashing Trying to conquer my soul I've heard the voice of Jesus Telling me still to fight on He promised never to leave me Never died for me on the mountain for me they pierced his side for me he opened that fountain the precious cleansing tide for me he waited in glory seated upon his throne he promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. I've seen the lightning flashing and I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin's breakers dashing, trying conquer my soul I've heard the voice of Jesus telling me still to fight on he promised never to leave me never to leave me alone wow that's terrific thank you it's one of our it's a crowd favored um Tell you a wonderful story about that song. One of the things we do is sort of a tithe of what we do because we do charge. Sometimes we'll go out and a couple of our members depend on it. I don't. We always give our music to nursing homes and several places like that a year just to just to go and to give something to somebody. And one day we were in a nursing home and we were singing this song and a young woman stood up. And she obviously didn't belong in a nursing home by her age, but I could tell that something profound had happened in her life. And Afterwards, she came up to me in a very halting speech and told me how much she loved that song. And she said, I was sitting there with my eyes closed and remembering that I was in an accident several years ago and thrown through a car window. And I was in a coma for two years. And Jesus came to me in a vision while I was laying there. I heard everything for two years. I couldn't respond to anyone. But Jesus came to me in a vision and he said, don't give up and don't quit. I'll never leave you here alone. And she said that song just brought all that back for me. And that, to me, that's the joy of this music is it touches yeah. these very deep things that people don't have words for. Yeah. That's such a theologically rich song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we sing those old hymns, or we, or we used to, <laughs> but uh, we, often, we often don't really think about the words. And, and, and this is one that I love your arrangement, too. That's just Thank terrific. You. Now, we're going to talk about another great classic, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. But I wanted to ask you, this is a song, of course, that is much beloved in the African-American community. It was yes. a song that you know touches, again, very deeply our history and our roots as a people. Say a little bit about this song and why it is that themes that reach deep from the 
culture of African American faith and religion also resonate with this kind of blue bluegrass religious stuff we're listening to? Well, I think it's very easy. I think it's heart. It comes out of heart religion, and I think that uh, in spite of the alienation that was part of our history for so long, we did share that longing for God. Uh, Text sample calls country music white soul, mm-hmm. and so it's the closest thing to soul that we've got. But this particular song, Precious Lord, came from an African-American composer, and he later became a great hymnologist, oh, yeah, Tom, Tom Dorsey. But he was a rebellious Baptist preacher's kid for a long time and went up to Chicago and was, was in blues music. And he went by the name of Georgia Tom when he was up in up in there, and he wrote some pretty raunchy songs during that time. And the Lord kept dealing with him and brought him back out of the blues into gospel again. But this song was written, I think, in the aftermath of news he received of the death of his wife in childbirth and the loss of the child also. This song is very poignant for me because it plays at the Memphis uh, Civil Rights Institute in the last place you wind up, which is right in front of where Martin Luther King was shot. And Mahalia Jackson comes over the speaker singing that song when you get to that place. And it's just profoundly moving. There's such a sense of the tragic and the brokenness and and this place where only God can help us. And for me, that's why the song is sort of universal. I think it transcends black and white. When When we finally broke through those barriers, I think we just finally got to what we all knew in our soul was the right thing. Precious Lord, take my stand. I am tired. I am weak. I am through the storm, through the night. Lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord. just grabs us by the soul and takes us back to Jesus. That's wonderful. Thank you. That's Nancy Womble singing. Yeah. I've been talking today to the Reverend Dr. Gary Furr. He's a learned pastor, a fine theologian and teacher, and also, as we have seen today on this program, a real expert in bluegrass gospel music, leader of the Shades Mountain Airs Band. Now, uh, Gary, uh, we're almost out of time, but if, if you could just kind of speak out to our uh, audience that's listening in about the value of this music as you see it in the life of faith, in the life of the church, what is there about this that just continues to speak to a new generation? I think any music that really arises out of a community and a communal experience of faith has a lasting value. And I think that 
music that's only produced for commercial reasons won't last very long. And this one comes out of a world and out of a community and out of memories that people have. And I think what happens is it will be reinterpreted and redone again and again. And that's why it, it has legs. I think it's going to be around. And the other thing is that it, it really is a community music. You see people going to festivals and sitting there with the next generation, teaching them how to play. We actually have started a monthly jam at our church. We invite people of all skill levels to come and we teach them songs. And if they're not very good, we, you know, we have one of the better players take those folks off and work with them and help them learn. And uh, because it's meant to be enjoyed and embraced and learned. And of course, it embodies just sort of the core of the gospel in the middle of life. Yeah. That's why I like it. Well put. Thank you. If our listeners want to get a uh, CD, one of your CDs, you have several. Tell us how that could uh, happen. They could uh, they could go to my website, GaryFur.com, G-A-R-Y-F-U-R-R.com, or they could go to ShadesMountainAir.net, just one word, um, and uh, either one will get them there, and uh, we'd be happy to to uh, hear from you sometime. We we get out and about. We have a schedule on there of places we're playing. We we get out to a lot of different kinds of venues and uh, hope we'll see some of you out there sometime. And you have a brand new album, I believe. Just it's almost now. finished. It's a live project. It was recorded back in the summer uh, by a very good engineer, and we've got so many good songs, we don't know which ones to leave off, but we'll figure it out. Wonderful. I would Thank certainly you. encourage our listeners to take advantage of the Shades Mountain Air, get their albums. It'll be a joy and blessing to your life. We're going out uh, with the Shades Mountain Air singing one of the great, I guess you'd say heaven songs, Unclouded Day. And there's something about this music that sort of lifts you upward, doesn't it? And uh, toward that eternal destiny and joy that is ours in Jesus Christ. So there you go. Let's listen, Unclouded Day. Oh, they tell me of a home where my friends have gone. Well, they tell me of that land far away where the tree of life in eternal bloom sheds its fragrance through the unclouded day. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, the land of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a king in his beauty there. And they tell me that mine eyes shall behold. Where he sits on the throne that is whiter than snow In the city that is made of gold Oh, the land of cloudless day Oh, the land of an unclouded day Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day children there and his smile drives their sorrows all away and they tell me that no tears ever come again in that lovely land of 
to the Beeson Podcast at our website, BeesonDivinity.com. Beeson Divinity School is an interdenominational evangelical divinity school training men and women in the service of Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast will aid and encourage your work, and we hope you will listen to each upcoming edition of the Beeson Podcast. <laughs>